Rogers, who the only place he's going to take it to is the toilet bowl. And then you got Brett Favre, who will take it to the Super Bowl. I do like me a triple butter burger with cheese and the works, you know, ketchup, mustard, pickles. Could the package be really good? Yeah, I certainly would love that. But also to say that, is this look like a rebuild? Probably. If you think we're in a rebuild, then you got the wrong team. QB1, man. Come on, man. Best QB in the league right here. What's up, John Money? What's up, guys? This is Jeff Giannis. And Giannis does not stop it. Oh, please. What a cat. That's insane. You're listening to the Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the number one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined this week with Todd and Billy Boys. Hello, hello. Greetings and salutations. And we're back once again. We're back, and the Packers are not back. They are still not a great football team, losing 24-10. to 10. This is, uh, you know, we're recording the day after Halloween, but my life is a living nightmare currently with the Packers in the state that they are in. Not a good game. God, I mean, initial thought, guys, did you have fun watching the game? Did you have a fun Halloween? What do you, what do you want to say here to kick shit off? I had more fun on Halloween Same. than watching the game. Yeah. Yeah, Mondays just suck now. You know, I guess I can almost like get over it on Sunday, especially a noon game almost after the pressers. But then the next like the Monday where it sets in like, oh, man, we are we are dog shit. I just I I get all depressy. You know, it's not fun. It's not fun being a fan of a team that doesn't win, which is makes me an entitled town boy. But it's not fun. Who do you think was more depressed on Monday morning, Vikings fans or Packers fans? Oh, Pro- well, probably uh, Vikings fans Viking because fans. they yeah, they right? looked they looked good last Monday or two Mondays ago. Yeah, with Kirk tearing his Achilles tendon for whoever might not have, which was kind yeah, of weird. Sorry. I I, just, I didn't I was not checking out of the game, but I didn't really care about Kirk getting hurt. I just assumed he got stepped on, so I was pretty surprised when he. Uh, I watched that replay. They did the close up on the replay, and it looked exactly like Rogers' injury, where right. like. There's the you can tell there's like tension on the heel, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the heel like touches the ground, and you're like, ooh. The w- the weird thing was like gross. it was completely non-contact. Rogers right. was kind of getting rolled up on by that's true behind. Yeah, and Cousins, it was just like I'm gonna go step up in the pocket and make a play, and then there you gotta goes. wonder. He that's like hops an around and Kenny kind of helps him to the ground. And yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know what to think live. You got to think like when those non-contact injuries happen like that, like that's got to be like something got injured before and he just like played through it. And all of a sudden he's at the yeah, top right. of his drop and he's planting to climb the pocket and it just went. Nope. Snap. Well, I don't know. It was gross. I don't know. It makes you think with, you know, Rogers tearing his and now Kirk tearing his. Maybe the vaccine makes your Achilles tendon stronger. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> this episode of the podcast, we will very quickly go over the terrible game. I say that every week, but I want to get through this shit quicker, especially this week. Um, we'll talk about the Rashawn Gary deal. We'll talk about, obviously, trading uh, Razul Douglas. We'll talk about the Razul thing with Take News where I just want to talk about the state of the franchise and the main three pillars of it right now with Matt LaFleur, uh, Goody, and Mark Murphy and the biggest issues that they each have. Matt LaFleur with accountability, Goody with team building and the human element, I think, of building a team, and then Mark Murphy and communication. So you can just, don't worry, we got fun clips for all of them. Is Kyle an idiot? We'll have some Packers trivia, and then we'll, of course, preview 
the Rams game. But first, we got to talk about this shit game. Ugh. I mean, it's just it's the same shit every week. Like, it's honestly just mind boggling, especially on offense. So, like, there's like five minutes left before halftime and you're like, are we really just going to be this shitty on offense for the first half like all year? We're still one of the first teams. I think it's like nine points, 12 points over the last month in the first half. I mean, it's just inept wherever you look. Uh, between Dobbs and Christian Watson, there were 17 targets, which uh, produced 51 yards. Not very good. Uh, the Packers, the receivers in total were 0-7 in contested catches in that game. And for the season, they're now 9 for 43, which is pretty bad. Watson and Reed each were, uh, Watson was 0 for 8, Reed was 0 for 7. I think uh, Jacob Morley or Zach Cruz put these stats out there, so I'll give them credit for that. Jordan Love, the leading rusher after last week. A.J. Dillon was the leading receiver. It's always fun when you get those types of stats where someone who shouldn't lead a statistic mm -hmm. is. Uh, A.J. Dillon averaged 1.8 yards a carry. Good job, A.J. Uh, the defense gave up nine first downs on third and eight or more, which that that is the one more than anything that is the biggest nightmare from this game. It's like this is the shit we always bitch about with Joe Barry and like even seeing it after, even though you watch the game, it's like it was that many fucking conversions. We only love the Vikings. Joke. Yeah, yeah. I okay. think last, so last year, if you remember, we kind of talked about we need to play complementary football, offense and defense. This year, it seems like they're complementing each other perfectly. Defense can't get off the field, give up third and longs, can't stop the run, can't stop the pass. Offense can't run, can't pass, can't stay on the field and give the defense a break. The special teams is shitty as always. Like, it's just... The complete opposite. Well, the defense was good the previous two weeks. I would I would say I'd give them credit. I know they kind of let down in the fourth quarter. Uh, can we just the, say uh, they weren't the they weren't the problem? The previous Let's not two say weeks. good. Yes. They're still not good. Yeah, they yes. just weren't the problem. Yes, especially when you go up against Oakland and you know Oakland right. who just cleaned house and the Broncos who were pretty inept on offense. Um, and then also you look at the other things to say. The Vikings, it's crazy that they were able to have a decent offense, even with two rookie wide receivers as pass catchers. Pretty wild. And we can throw the Packers somewhat of a bone, I guess, because they did hold the Vikings to only a two-yard average running the ball. But uh, yeah, general thoughts on the game. I guess we touched on a little bit there, but... The third and eight was giving me PTSD because it was like literally... I mean, <clears throat> how many did they not convert that were third and eight? Like one? Like, literally, it was like every single one. Every time it was it's, third and eight, even once Kirk went out, they were still converting him. I, was, I, I, I automatically expected a wide-open receiver every time <laughs> Kirk went back to pass. You, yeah. you talked about at the beginning, Spencer, how Mondays suck for you. I go through all of those emotions in the first half. So by the second half, I'm like, whatever. Third yeah. and eight, they're going to get it. And it's like... It just it's just like a broken record and then like with the offense, the drops, it's just like whatever. I mean like by the end of the game, I'm so over it. Like <laughs> it's you it's so hard to go from twenty five, thirty what was it, thirty years of Hall of Fame quarterback play mm -hmm. and competitive teams, and now it's like we're two and five and it just feels like like before when we would lose games, go on losing streaks, it'd be like Rogers got hurt. And it's like, well, we have an excuse. Like, this isn't a real team. And now yep. it's like, this is the team. That's so, this is us. Todd, that's a really good point because it, I think I'm a little bit older than you guys. Maybe remember a little bit further back in my Packers fandom than, we'll never than know. you guys. 
the well, so the first Packers game I remember watching is the '96 NFC Championship against Carolina before Super Bowl Thirty One. Oh, I'm going to make this statement now as a 33 year old man. This is the worst Packers team I have ever watched in my lifetime. And it, I remember watching was it 2004 when we went four and twelve. This team is worse than them, hands down. Yeah. Like the 2004 team, I remember. You know, it was Favre in the the post peak of his career. I'll say, Javon Walker got lost for the season in the opener. Amon Green was coming off an 1800 yard season or whatever. He got hurt. Like that team was just decimated by injuries. And we, you know, cleaned house. We got rid of Sherman as the GM and head coach. And God, it's wild to think that that's what was going on then, too. Shout crazy. out B.J. Sanders, but, the third-round punter. But even during, even with that team, it was like, well, it's the injuries. Like, if, if all these guys weren't hurt, we're better. But you look at this team, and it's like, who is actually hurt that could make a difference? Mm-hmm. Bakhtiari? Like, so the offensive line plays a little bit better, but... Aaron Jones is supposedly healthy. He had seven carries on Sunday. Like there are, there have not been significant season ending injuries outside of Bakhtiari. And the thing too there, which I guess um, you kind of hinted at, but even when we were bad, we had Brett Favre then, you know, and it's funny you said that because I was going to say a similar thing because the first year where I was fully invested watching Packers football was that, 2005 season which like you said you know we went four and 12 it was terrible which is ironic because that like I said that was the first year I watched Packers football and now the team being as bad or worse than it was this year being the last year I'm going to watch Packers football because this team's going to force me to unalive myself um but yeah we could just we can move on Todd has had no idea what I just said there uh I just know my furnace was going in the background and it was making a noise and now I got to cut that audio out and it was like, I'm not going to do this for the whole pod. So I had to shut it off. So this ain't the best podcast in the business for nothing, folks. Yeah. So I don't know. Moving on to the players. I mean, I don't even. Well, I guess I did ask you guys, what's one thing you would change about this team either before the season or right now? What do you feel the strongest about? should be changed like we like if i am the gm sure it could be whatever change you want to make if i were the gm i in hindsight of course because maybe last year we didn't think this but i would have where did rogers do his retreat it was like oregon or something yeah yeah, oregon or something I would have flown on a plane to Oregon and I would have (laughs) greeted Aaron Rodgers as he exited and just with maybe like some food, maybe like a a cheese tray. Just been like, hey, like, just want to make sure you're coming back. You know, like we're not trading (laughs) you. He doesn't eat cheese. He doesn't eat dairy anymore. Uh, Veggie tray. No dip. Obviously, no dip. I'm sure he doesn't eat dip. Um, But that's what I would do. Okay. Billy. So, and I'm I'm gonna have to admit something, Spencer. Uh oh. I I made some claims in the off season that obviously are very wrong with how things have played out this year. In the off season, I said, and I think I might have poo pooed. It was an idea of yours, maybe, that we should sign a veteran wide receiver <laughs> to help coach uh, up the young guys. There he is. 
And I, I distinctly remember saying at the time, coaches coach and players play. We don't need to bring in a player to coach. Well, obviously I'm wrong. <laughs> so, it, well, and maybe it's because the coach is not coaching or he's not coaching very well. At mm. any rate, I would have brought in a veteran wide receiver because Jordan Love needs to have a goddamn security blanket, <laughs> and he just does not have one right now. So whether it's Adam Thielen, Julio Jones, I was going to say, Hopkins, can you pick a person? Can you say who you would sign? I think Adam Thielen would have been absolutely perfect. Are you saying that because of he has like seven touchdown catches or something like that this year? Did you, do you guys know where he went to college? Uh, he Minnesota State. Oh, That's what wow. people always say mm-hmm. on like the national media. Was, they don't know Mankato. Like, I, I don't mm-mm. even know if he was drafted. Mm-mm. Nope. Just do you know he only got a five hundred dollar scholarship? I, I actually did. I, I didn't know that part, actually. I might have made that up. I have no idea. Yeah. But it, at any rate, I mean, it helps that he has 500 yards and, you know, four or whatever touchdowns. But he's just a guy. He runs good, clean routes. He gets open. And sure, he's maybe lost a step or two, but he's so smart that he knows how to get open using just veteran savvy, even if the the scheme doesn't get him open. And it feels like our guys just don't know how to win the, against press coverage or against you know coverage when when something has gone wrong. You could have know. just stopped that win. That would have been enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. the the thi- The thought I had this week was if they went out and literally just played backyard football, it might be better. You know, like scrambling and, around and stuff like that. Scrambling like, or just like get open, you know, you just run fucking, a post. Yeah, like literally like that might be because then they're at least confident but in what they're doing. Can we say <laughs> what, anything is better than whatever they did. <clears throat> I don't know if I can describe the play accurately, but where nobody ran a route on that drop back. Yeah, the RPO where they it wasn't the RPO, but there was no P. Yeah, right. It was it was an R, R O, and the option there, there was, was no option. <laughs> and Love still almost made a play out of it. That's it like, was it, his uh, best throw of the day. One of them, I know. It's because he has those cool plays, but then he can't do like the easy we little outstilled Musgrave. What we should do is we should just half knock him over every time he throws the ball. Like, don't ever let him have a clean <laughs> pocket, and then maybe he'll complete have 70% have AJ Dillon trip him in the backfield. <laughs> I, I don't think we have to mess with his footwork. It's not very good as as it is. But uh, for me, I mean, what I would do right now for this team to make it better, I would fire Jason Vrabel. I talk about him so much. I'm sure he's a nice guy, whatever. I say that a lot on the podcast, too. But I don't know how you could look at the last year and a half and think that this guy, he, he was, a again, a, an offensive assistant. He's never led his own room. And now he's coaching these guys. And what I would have done before this, and I said it on the fucking podcast beforehand, Going into last year, I would have fired Joe Barry and I would have signed or traded for DeAndre Hopkins. If we do that, if we did that back then, I think we're still in a Super Bowl window right now. You know, if we kept, I think we would have been good enough. Hey, if we Super if, Bowl if, window, if we fired Joe Barry last year and we had Nuke on that team, we're going to win one more <clears throat> game, which would have been enough to make the playoffs and we would still be competing in this NFC right now because I don't think we would have gone balls to the wall of the rebuild. That's what you're I saying because we still would have Rodgers. Yes. Yes. That yeah, that, that's more, the thing. I thought you were saying oh, okay. fair. Add nuke, remove Joe Barry, and this is a Super Bowl contending team. Oh, no. I'm right. saying yes. to That's what it sounded like. And I was like, zero percent chance. Maybe. I, th- 
I thought I said going into 2022, so I could have been have. wrong. I may yeah. have missed that. Okay. But it's it's one of those things, too, where I said before, if we win that Lions game, is Jordan Love the starting quarterback right now? You know, I don't I don't fucking know. I don't know. Um, but anyways, moving on to the game. <sighs> Jordan Love, I still like his moxie. He did not get a lot of help. I'm not even going to talk about his stats. It wasn't very good. Uh, I'm, we can just move right on to the receivers. Matt Matt said he needs to get Wicks more involved. Uh, he did have more targets. He had the three targets. He had two decent receptions, the terrible drop. Uh, Watson, Dobbs, and Reed still had 80% of the snaps. Wicks only had the 34. I don't know. Luke Musgrave, you know, I was, I was happy that he played this game. He wasn't much of a difference maker at all, but... The passing offense, the running backs. I don't have anything to say about the running backs. Aaron Jones averaged over four yards a carry. A.J. Dillon, the 1.8. I'm still, like I've said, there's so many big issues with the Packers right now. I'm not even overly concerned with Jordan Love just because it's hard to evaluate anything on this offense right now. And then I can't even get that pissed at A.J. Dillon because he didn't have a ton in the run game. But, God, he really had nothing to work with, and he's still catching some of these passes more this the, the past couple weeks. So I don't know. What do you guys think? The line played also horrible. If we're looking at that too, like in the yeah. run game at least, like it was ugly. Like yeah. there was no running lanes open on crucial, you know, run plays. Like that AJ Dillon one. Like I'm the first one to trash AJ Dillon in his running style, but like dude had no help. Nobody could have gotten those yards. Like there was nobody blocking. It was well, just it was tough. We'll talk about accountability and that type of shit. That's an issue with the Packers. So you're talking about a third and one. We ran right up the middle. And people get pissed about that. Out of the shotgun. Okay, out of the shotgun. I get pissed about that. If we are un- if we are under center and we run it right up the middle on third and one, I am fine with that. People are like, that's yes. so stupid. But I'm like, you should be able to get that yard. Wait, now, wait. You're saying people think it's stupid to run on third and one? Straight up the middle. They're, when it doesn't work, they're like, this was dumb. Matt LaFleur. If, if it's out of the shotgun, I hate it. I don't yes. care. If it's under center and we run up the middle and we get stuffed on third and one, 100% fine with that. I think run on third and one, one is the best call. <laughs> yes. Either way. You should be able to get a yard. So we ran it on third and one out of shotgun. You should still get a yard out of that. Matt LaFleur Agreed. on Monday when asked about like the pass blocking and Myers on that play, he said that was on him. It was a bad play call. That's That's the type of hand-holding we have going on with this team right now it's so infuriating the like oh it's my fault fine Mm -hmm. if all these things are your fault see ya like that's that's what's gonna happen hold other people accountable or i guess we'll hold you accountable and like kick the can like well get out of here that's what i was gonna say todd because you know spencer you just said that dentavian wicks according to lafleur needs to see more snaps Fucking do it. Show me. You're the head coach. I mean, we, we've been complaining about it for the last year and a half. Oh, Aaron Jones needs to touch the ball more. We need to run the ball more. Do it. You're the play caller. You know, nobody is going to do this for you. So actually do something. I mean, I just, I don't understand what this offense is right now. Uh, Spencer, I texted you during the second quarter. It was like, we have three times as many more penalty yardage than we do total yards. In the second quarter, we didn't pick up a first down until four minutes were left in the first half. That's pathetic bullshit offense. That's that's true. And the running backs, I mean, it seems like our offense is basically 
drop back to pass, swing it out to a running back, and hope they do something. <laughs> because for A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones to have nine catches combined in that game, and nobody else catches more than them, like, what what kind of scheme are we trying to run here? Are we trying to get the ball to our, our receivers and make plays? Or are we just getting the ball out of Jordan Love's hands so that he can pump up, pump up his completion percentage? Also, I thought it was interesting, too, at the end of the game, they were actually throwing the ball down the field. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I Granted, it didn't work, but it still is like, what? why are we doing this now? If we're not going to threaten them to throw the ball down the field, even 10 yards down the field, what do you think they're going to do with swing passes to A.J. Dillon? Oh, they're going to destroy us like they have been. It's just it's frustrating, too. It's like, what? OK, at the end of the game, like, obviously, I know you have to throw the ball on the field, but it's like. Throw the ball down the field to open the game, right? Keep open them, up the field a little bit. Make them honest. Them honest. You've Thank got a quarterback you. who needs some confidence, clearly. Like, I just, it's it's tough. Like, these short passes aren't doing anything for anybody. The defenses, if they're watching film, I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it, well, there, there isn't much to study up on. You know, Matt's... That's, that's true. That's Keep one of the things for, for uh, Matt being so paranoid about what's said in the media the public is he said he has gone out and said how they can't like do certain plays you know they can't call certain plays and all this shit and it's like you're telling the other team you're going to keep running the same looks and the same plays because you're not capable of running other ones you know why are they not capable of running other plays because because they're young and they're dumb or something i don't i don't know but maybe he's pulling the the wool fuck up and get going he's pulling the wool over everyone's eyes we're gonna come out this week and it's just gonna be amazing yeah, I, I hope so. We'll see. But and yeah, the offensive line, I mean, we talked enough about it there. They're kind of like the biggest letdown this year, too, because at least the the receivers we knew were going to be young and an issue. You know, these are a lot of proven guys. And we talked a little bit about uh, um, fucking, I don't know, before getting on guys and accountability. At least we did bench Rashid Walker in this game. The one positive we can look at is that we benched him for Yash and, of course, Yash hurts his foot after playing halfway decent, and he had to come back in. But, uh, yeah. Um, defense, yeah, well, you know what? Yeah, we got to do a quick commercial break. All right, and we are on to the defense. We'll run through it quick. Uh, first thing to talk about, hey, something positive. The Packers uh, re-signed, extended Rashawn Gary, a reported five-year deal, $107 million. He averages $24 million per year. He is the fifth highest paid edge defender in the league now, which is a nice number to be at. I think, you know, we we were kind of worried about Bosa money or something like that. So to just kind of get that in there, at least we had some positivity (laughs) going into this week. I think it was announced Monday. He actually signed on Saturday, but I don't thoughts on the extension. A lot of people were wondering if it was going to get done or if we could potentially trade him away for picks because the rebuild's so bad, but, uh, was it the right move? I think I think it was the right move. I don't think I think you got to look at these deals too as like in two years, what does this deal look like? Right, and that's what like even these quarterback deals too. Like sometimes you look at them, you're like, oh my god, I can't believe X is making this much money. But then a couple of years down the road, you're like, that's a pretty good deal. I'd take that deal. So you got to look at it that way too. Um, and even today, he's not the highest, right? Like, I, what is he, what did you say he was like six or something? Fifth. Fifth? Yeah. I mean. That's not bad for a guy who's still young. I love his motor. I love his passion. He's explosive. I mean, I think it was. I think it was the right. The right signing. 
and coming off a torn ACL too. Like I don't, I don't know that anybody thinks he's completely 100%, you know, right. like he, he's playing, he's productive, but it always seems like it takes, you know, 18 months or, you know, a full two years before it's like, okay, he's, he's really back and is the player that he was before. So to sign him to this deal, and like you said, in a couple of years, it's really going to look good when he's another year removed from the ACL and continuing to tear it up, hopefully. So yeah, I 100% agree. This is this is a great deal for both sides. Agreed. Yeah, pretty. Cool. He's like his own agent, kind of too, which is oh really, which is weird. Yeah. So because yeah, kind Rashawn of a, Gary Sports or whatever is his yeah because oh, he's right. He he tweeted it out himself too, which is funny. Like he just graduated college this past off season, I believe, and God, I can never say the word. He's also Dick's lexic. Dyslexic. 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 It's like like asterisks. I can never say asterisks. I have to fool myself and say asterisks, and then it works. I might have said that on the podcast before, too. Well, but... you got it. I mean, yeah, no, now I, I've rewired my mind, so I know how to say that word now. Um, but yeah, great news with Rashawn Gary. Moving on to the rest of them. Preston Smith had a great game. He was the highest rated uh, edge player, according to Pro Football Focus. He did have the two sacks. Devonta Wyatt was the second highest graded player on pro football focus. And like we said, you know, the run D was great. Kenny had a sack, nice bounce back game. He was a little shaky the previous couple weeks. And shit, TJ Slayton, too. I mean, he had a great day. Yeah, quietly mm-hmm. having a pretty good year. Yep. And even before the game, I forgot who said it. It might have been like Rob Domofsky or someone who said that he's starting to take more of that leadership role. And then he comes into that game and has seven defensive stops is what they uh, call it. Just a negative play in the run D. So that's that's great. I'm I'm happy to see some of that youth um, showing up on the defense, especially a mid-round Goody draft pick, which a lot of them haven't really, you know, came to came to play with those those first four drafts, man. They're so fucking bad. We'll talk about Goody later. Um the secondary, Jair, yikes. I mean, some fans are really upset with him. I mean, it, it seems like he's kind of taken plays off almost, but I don't know. I get like I don't want to say PTSD, but Kevin King got so much shit for always being hurt, and he wasn't as good as Jair either. But not playing. And then he plays in the NFC Championship game and he's hurt and people get pissed off. And then Jair's playing with a bad back right now. He kind of said after the game, too, it's part of why he he hinted that it's part of the reason why he's so bad at tackling. But since he came back from that shoulder injury a couple of years ago, he really hasn't been that same aggressive guy when the receiver has the ball in their hands or the running back does. Um I don't know what else to talk about the secondary. Rezul had a good game, but that doesn't matter. And I was surprised Jonathan Owens wasn't as shitty as I initially thought he probably could have been a liability. But uh, you guys, any any more thoughts on the secondary of the defense there? Uh, no, other than just, yeah, it does seem like Jair is kind of dealing with something. That just He doesn't look like himself at all, which like you can criticize him for that. But also, if Jair's not playing, I get it. If he's playing, he should be playing well. But who are you going to put out there? Right, like, well, is it going to be better? Well, especially now with Razul being gone, who, right. who especially are you going to put out there? I I think this game is a just a microcosm. Like, there are so many pieces on this defense that are good players: Preston and Kenny and Jair, Quay Walker, T.J. Slayton stepping up, and it's like it's just infuriating even more so where we see flashes of brilliance from these guys, but there's just no 
you know, real difference in performance from game to game. Like somebody will have a great game one week, the next week somebody else will, but we'll still, you know, give up 24 points. We'll still give up umpteen third and eight conversions. We'll still leave Jordan Addison wide open on a eight yard slant on third and six. Like it's, it just makes it even more frustrating because you're just left wondering what this defense could be. Yeah, you for how bad a lot of those defenses were back in Rodgers when he was with us. It's like fuck, even just this would have been I mean, twenty four points isn't great, but it's it's not bad for the history it, of the Green Bay it's Packers. An, and you know, it like I said before, complimentary football. In Rodgers' day, if we gave up twenty four points, oh, we win this game thirty one to twenty four. Mm-hmm. Easy. And yeah. now it's like we need to score 17 points and hope our defense holds them to less than that because (laughs) our offense is not scoring more than 20. Yeah. Um, Speaking of complimentary football, special teams, they were bad again. Uh, They got lucky. I fucking hate Sean Hockley for, for like minutes. I think about people or see people to hate ratio. Sean Hockley, whenever I see that fucking guy, Wait, the, the, what do the you like about this him? is extremely obscure. Yeah. What are you so upset the head, about? The head ref, the head ref. No, I know who Sean Hockley is. Why do you hate him? Cause he, he calls more penalties and his crew. The penalties were bad. That's than, true. Than any other crew in the NFL. And it has been okay. this way for the, years. The NFL, his, the officiating was horrible across the board this weekend though. Yes, but Sean is always fucking bad because his dad was a ref. So Sean didn't watch NFL football to watch football. He watched football to see his dad call penalties. <laughs> and now that he is a fucking ref, he's like, you, you don't know that. <laughs> dude, d- d- tell me tell me what else it is. Sean, th- his dad was the most well-known ref when he True. was a ref. Ed. And now this guy consistently calls the most penalties in is the that league. that true? Like, statistically, and, he calls the yes, most? Yes, yes. Where, where's up, our uh, fact checker when we yeah, need him? We need a fact he's checker. He's fucking useless. He's useless. Sharp, sharp football. Look that up on Twitter. He talks about it a lot because he's one of the... And plus, he gives the most detailed, stupid... He, he gives I mean, long, that, that's the way his dad was. But he gives long, drawn-out details that are irrelevant to what's going on. At least his dad... I liked his dad. Was it, Sean, what was his dad's name? Ed. Ed, Ed, I thought Hockley. it was Ed. I thought it was Ed too. Ed was great. Sean, I fucking hate. There's so many stupid penalties. Even so, what I'm getting at, <laughs> he saved the Vikings because one, it was the Anders miss that he got to re-kick and he made it, and then that return for a touchdown, that hold. One, it was way outside of the plate, and two, I didn't even think it was a fucking hold. But they always got to keep, you know, getting their faces out. So there. I did pull up. I found. All referees for this is for 2021, so we're a little far back. But Carl Sheffers, C H E F F E R S, he was number one at two or 237. Sean Hockley was number yes. two at 223. Yes, so it's those, been a couple years, but I can't, I don't see the 2022. Those, those two are the worst. Sheffers, does he have kind Let, of the let's fat be face? honest? It, is there Sh- a ref that you like? Back yes. in my day, I liked Gene Steratore. Yep. I liked Rod Carey. I yep. liked Ed Hockley. These yep. days, it's like, oh, this guy. Oh, fuck this. There, guy. Oh, that a, guy. There's a couple that are okay. I, I'm not. I know Sean, but it's more like faces. Like when I see when there's the first yeah, penalty and true. I see the you ref's can, face, yeah. I'm like, this so, guy's okay. I just pulled it up, and this this Carl Sheffers is on here, and I recognize him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was the number one. He had the most penalties in 2022, also. Okay. 
Okay, sorry. So but he's, it's always he's the worst. It, but it's always those two. And plus, either way, I if we had camera time, Sean's number one. I will. I will because he that. gives those he gives those explanations, which I don't hate sometimes. If it's actually like when you're like, "What was that?" Then it makes more sense. But okay, so I I think I found <laughs> I found something. Twenty twenty three. I'm glad we're down this rabbit hole. So actually, Sean Hockley has his crew has thrown ninety three flags in seven games. That's a by, lot. By that is a, that is a lot. By total flags, that is looks like eighth in the league. The most is Ron Torberts with one hundred and twelve in eight games. Brad Rogers one hundred and ten in eight games. Land Clark, which is a name, 107 in eight games. Okay, okay. I don't know how so, I apologize to Sean. So at, an, at no. any point, all I'm saying is... I will never. We just hate the NFL officiating. It's garbage. I could go down an entire rant about how much I hate the NFL officiating, but let's move on. Yes. Uh, the other thing I wanted to add, I heard a good conspiracy theory this week that Goody wants... Um, What's our? Why can't I this think of his name? So good. Our special teams coordinator, uh, Rich Masaccia, that Goody, and I kind of hinted at this. He set up. He's setting up Matt for failure. He doesn't bring in guys Matt wants. Matt wanted Big Dog back. You know, he's always he wanted Rogers back. There's other like you know he wanted veteran guys. And you look at special teams, and Goody brings in whatever special teams player rich wants like there's multiple guys a uh, carlson um rudy ford is a good special teams player but obviously Keyshawn nixon and dallin levitt were his guys someone said that goody is trying to give uh rich guys so the special teams looks good the offense looks bad they're gonna fire uh matt and then they're gonna make rich the head coach and he's setting him up for success with all that shit. I don't, I don't know. It, it makes a little bit of sense. There's a lot worse conspiracy theories out there. I just I, wanted to throw it out. If if these offensive guys aren't going to sign with Matt LaFleur, what makes you think that this offense is going to be better with Rich Bisaccia? Plus, maybe Mercedes Lewis didn't want to resign with us. He did. I don't think, I don't think Randall Cobb wanted to resign with us. Lazard was not, not going to resign. Rodgers was never going to come back. Like It was reported that Mercedes Lewis wanted to come back to the Green Bay Packers, that he okay. he was open to coming back to the Green Bay Packers. Either way, a veteran does, fucking receiver. Does, does he help us score more than 10 points against the Vikings last week? No. that's That, that has nothing to do with the conspiracy theory either way. But with that... It's, that's why it's a conspiracy theory. Take news. Football time. Take news. Okay, take news for the week. So, shit is shit is not very good right now. I don't have a ton of confidence in either Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekunst, or obviously one Mark Murphy for different reasons. Um, let's start off with Matt LaFleur. We've talked about this quite a bit. A lot of people have talked about this quite a bit. He's a nice guy. You know, he doesn't really hold people accountable as much as you would want. Um so here is a clip. This is uh, from Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, I think, when they had Rob Domofsky on. And they've kind of talked about other things like this. But this is talking about Jair Alexander after the game Sunday when he was talking to the media. Okay, they still lost to the Rams, but at least blank. 
Should I pull a Jair Alexander and say, I don't know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> did you guys hear? Did you yeah. know? Oh, we, we played it twice. I lost count. at. The, so I stopped counting at five I don't knows uh-huh, from, from Jair. I'm sure there was probably more. but uh, And then I don't know if this was caught on, on, on tape, but after kind of it sort of broke up, he, he, Jair kind of looked at us and said, I learned my lesson. I'm not getting scolded this time. So clearly oh, he, he had did been, get yelled at. Oh, huh? geez. Clearly he had gotten yelled at for something that he had said previously. Uh, it might have been, he was the one who said, I think he was, wasn't Jair, was it Rasul, the one who said, you know, I guess the defense is going to have to, yeah. or, or I guess, I guess you know, the offense is, uh, the defense is going to have to allow no touchdowns yeah. to make up for the offense. It was right? Jair. And if I'm a, if I'm a yeah. coach, man, that's not something I'm even, I'm even going to touch Okay, guys yeah. should be able to air their frustrations. Guys should be able yeah. to speak their mind. You can't reprimand yeah. these guys for talking. Go right. put together well, a better scheme. But, yeah. Don't but waste re- your time. Reprimand, reprimand them for playing, not talking. So, a little leading there. Obviously, they have their own opinions. Uh, it's from ESPN Milwaukee or Madison or something. But it's obviously back to this accountability thing. So, if you don't remember, they talked about it there the previous week. Jair said, you know, the defense is going to have to stop them from scoring, like no touchdowns, blah, blah, blah. And then this week, when he talked to the media, he basically answered everything. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then said he didn't uh, want to get scolded again, meaning he was scolded because of his previous comments. And this just goes back. I don't know if it's a Matt thing. I don't know. It's a higher up thing. But with the way Matt treats... Shit like this, especially what people are saying. We've talked about it before. At the beginning of the season, when Steno was asked about Yash Nyman and him getting beat out by Rashid Walker, he said, quote, football is a very competitive sport and some guys rise to that competition and some guys don't. That's all I have to say about that, to talk about Rashid Walker and Yash. After uh, Steno said that and Rob Domofsky reported this, or I don't know if it's actually a report, but he said this, Matt yelled at the entire coaching staff because you can't be talking about players like that. And this is also coming from a guy, you know, who he's allowing mediocrity to persist within the football operations of his team with his coaching staff. Obviously, he brought Joe Barry back. He didn't fire any coaches last year after going eight and nine. I mean, fuck, even just this week, Adam Stenovich said that Josh Myers is playing the best football of his career. And then, you know, we talked about it earlier, too, how Matt said it was on him that it was a bad play call when Josh couldn't fucking block the guy right in front of him on third and one. And this is it's like I I don't want these guys to be saying a bunch of shit in public either. But you remember when when Mike McCarthy called Eddie Lacey fat or said he was overweight? I don't really want that either. But at some point, you have to hold these guys accountable. How many players in uh Matt LaFleur this is his fifth year coaching the Packers how many guys has he benched in his time the only guys I can think of was uh fucking uh, Lane Taylor in Elton's rookie year Rasul Douglas he started after or they benched Isaac Yadam for him to play Rashid Walker this past week and Savage Darnell Savage the previous previous season Amari Rogers Amari Rogers which I don't even know 10 weeks too like late that one I don't even know if you can give him credit for that one no you can't so does I mean it's once again pretty leading here but do you think this is as big of an issue as I think it is and do you think Matt LaFleur is capable 
of changing that at this point? I think the issue is just based on, you know, Jair talking about how he doesn't want to get reprimanded again for, I mean, speaking the truth, I don't think anybody outside of the organization would disagree with Jair's quotes there. But it sure feels like LaFleur treats these guys with kitty gloves. Like, I, I can't say anything, can't say anything mean about these guys, can't say that, you know, oh, Yash, Yash Nyman just didn't want it more than Rashid Walker, even though, I mean, that that's a harmless quote anyway. Like, we're he's completely treating these guys with kitty gloves. He doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. It's always just, you know, Oh, that it's on me. It's my fault. I got to do this. I got to do that. I need to do this other thing, but we never see any results. So I, I don't think it really matters what LaFleur says or does because I don't think anything's going to change because he hasn't shown, he has not shown the ability to do that. I have two things just, both ways. I think everything that Jayer said was fine, whatever. Doesn't matter to me. Everything he said was true. But also at the same time, I think you can be reprimanded for going and trashing your offense in the media internally. Right? Like you can – the coach has the right to do that. And so I would think that that's the most – that's the best thing that he's done if he did actually reprimand him. Like holding somebody accountable for something. Right? Like I guess I'm looking at it through that lens of like – Granted, then, Jair was right. But why isn't the offense scoring more points? Like, if and maybe, he doesn't want Jair to make those comments, go score more fucking points mm, on yeah, Sunday. Yeah. 100%. But internally, I mean, a football coach has the right to reprimand him for trashing their own team in the media. It, it just, was, it would just it was be one more sentence. like... He didn't trash anybody. But if it's perceived that way and he can be like, dude shut the hell up like don't be talking about our team in the media like that like if that's the if that's the sentiment i think i'm fine with that i mean that's normal right like imagine what bill belichick would oh, do God. if jair came out and said that right he'd be booted off the yeah, team i wonder i well god i want well yeah they have talked about that too like chad ochocinco didn't even make it to the regular season i don't think with the uh, patriots i could i could be wrong really i, I know he was on the I team i don't know if he was i could be wrong I th- I really yeah okay i must be wrong then i'll just take the l there i played a season there i'll add two more things to that too one there was some talk last week or a week the week before with kurt bankert and how him and lafleur didn't get along i like that the fact that LaFleur kind of showed some balls that he didn't want Kurt to be in that room anymore and got him cut. I'm like, cool. The other thing... Show some balls on a third-string quarterback that's <laughs> Dude, at best a practice okay. squatter. Congratulations, sure. Sure. Matt okay. LaFleur. I, we're reaching here. The, other, th- Baby the steps. other thing I think about, and this one's a little bit more negative, is Kylan Hill. So we don't know why he was cut last year. He was very talented. He looked very good his rookie training camp. He had he tore his ACL in that Cardinals game that Razul had the pick in, RIP. Um, but when he came back, he was on the PUP, and then he was healthy, and he started practicing with the team. And Kylan Hill was a kick returner, and I don't remember for sure, but I would assume he returned punts as well, or he could. And he wasn't getting on the field. I don't know anything. This is a hunch. I follow him on Twitter still from the account, and he is outspoken. He he doesn't give a shit. I would be willing to bet that he voiced that he wanted to be on the field and he wanted to be the kick returner or the punt returner instead of Amari Rogers because he was fucking awful. 
And that is what got Kylan Hill kicked off the team. I have no idea. I'm completely guessing. But I'm a connect the dots guy. And I think Ooh. and I think that's what happened, which is once again, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, cutting the guy, whatever. But it's once again holding guys accountable. And I've you know, I've said it so many times, if Amari Rogers was not the punt returner in that Washington Commanders football team game, the Packers would have made the playoffs last year. You know, it directly resulted in seven points for that team and we lost that game one more win we went away the playoffs blah 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 are connect the dots guys also conspiracy theory unfortunately guys? yes they are there's okay a, there's no, a just wanted to clarify that they do cross uh okay so matt will floor whatever moving on packers we t- billy they have something looks like he wants something uh, fact check. Chad Ochocinco <laughs> did play for the Patriots. He played for the Patriots in Super Bowl Forty Six. Really? In the 2011 season. Yes, he did. Man, I, I, he must not have been very productive then. Is that what it was? He had it a was 20, the 2011 season? 2011. He had a 21-yard oh, a... reception. The Patriots' longest catch in that game, actually. In that Super Bowl. What a tough season. Huh. Okay, whatever. So, anyways, moving on. <laughs> Brian Gutekunst. Brian Gutekunst. So he obviously traded Razul Douglas away today, but Razul Douglas was obviously a leader for this team. Uh, Ryan Wood tweeted this out right after the game. Quote, Razul Douglas still hasn't taken post a post-game shower. He's been holding court at his locker. Darnell Savage was first. Malik Heath stopped by. Elton Jenkins, Dontavian Wicks are with him now. Packers actively trying to figure this out, and veteran Razul Douglas... Uh, his locker is the epicenter so captain of the team very important for a very young team a veteran presence here's a clip this is from i think it's carry the g radio it's with aaron nagler from cheesehead tv and wayne larvey the voice of the green bay packers oh i do believe this with most scouts will tell you this when you make decisions on players on talent on acquisition you have to do it void of emotion it's why you don't consult your players or your coaches because you need to make decisions based on boom this is what it really is and we emotionally love this guy and he's done so much but if it's the end it's the end and the personnel department people have to make those decisions in a vacuum that has no emotion in it whatsoever yeah but wayne that all changed after aaron Rodgers says said it was about the people remember like they're they're not allowed to be emotionless. They got it. They got to put their heart on their sleeve. I always find it fascinating when these guys get to the end of their career or their end of their time in Green Bay, and we always get the narrative of oh, Green Bay treats veterans so poorly. It's like well, the vets that you were talking about mostly have only ever known Green Bay. Yeah. And then when it is time to move on, yeah, sometimes it can feel. I remember talking to a, a player who left a few years ago. He he went on, played for another NFL team. It was like it's so different here as far as like how we are treated and things like that. I had no idea how well I had it in Green Bay, yeah. but he mentioned like how dispassionate the people and personnel were when it came to like dealing with the players and whatever. And I said exactly what you're talking about there, Wayne. It's like that's the job. That is literally yes. the job. That's- that's where you have to leave emotion at the door and lock the door and, and do your job and make the right decisions, you hope, on people. Personnel's not a science. I right. mean, we know that. It, you're going to make mistakes, but you, you can't allow passion or feelings to get involved. So Wayne there at the end, he says, you can't allow passion or feelings to get involved. Sure. 
But this is already a very young team that does not have much of a veteran presence. You know, we've talked and I bitched about it all year. How and Billy, you brought it up earlier how this team needs a veteran presence in that wide receiver room. And now one of the guys who you have, you know, we have Carrington Valentine, Valentine, Eric Stokes, whatever, those young guys. And Keyshawn Nixon has even talked how Razul helps those guys out. And you traded him away. Now, I understand doing what's best for the franchise. Absolutely. But what fucking pisses me off is seeing fans getting celebrating that we have Razul Douglas's $5 million, $6 million off the books for next year. He was one of the best players on this defense. And you're celebrating that? And it's not like we got a huge haul back for him. We didn't get a third-round pick. We swapped our fifth-round pick for a third-round pick. And that fifth-round pick is probably going to be pretty early. And that Bills third-round pick is probably going to be late. It's looking like we're moving up 40 to 50 spots. If that move happened during the draft... No one would give a shit. It would be a nothing move. You know, like people who talk about moving up for Jordan Love and they're like, you only we only moved up and gave away a fourth round pick. That is the value of what we just got for Razul Douglas. And again, I I understand, you know, doing what's best for the team and, you know, motions not being involved. What what would be described as a emotional or a non-emotional move under Brian Gutekunst? has worked because he cut Jordy for Jimmy Graham. It was the first fucking move he did taking over his GM. Jamal Williams moving on for him for AJ Dillon, Devonte Adams for draft picks, obviously drafting Jordan love. It's like, I, I understand trying to make the team better, but I don't think Brian Gutekunst has proven at this point that these emotionless moves are the right moves. What do you guys think? Here's the other thing that I want to point out. Yeah, we got a third round pick back, which sounds good in theory. When's the last time we picked a fucking worthwhile player in the third round of the NFL draft? Well, we're never going to see Sean Ryan on the field. You know, he fucking kicked Lafleur's dog or something. I I honest I honestly can't name the last third round pick that was worthwhile because it's been so damn long. So sure, we got a a relatively high a top hundred draft pick back. It, it's not going to make any difference. And I I fail to understand how trading our... I mean, I don't know that many people would, would argue that Rasul Douglas was playing the best football in the secondary this season for us. He was pretty good. He was, he was the eighth-rated corner, according to Pro Football Focus. I know that's not the end-all, be-all, but outside of the Lions game, I thought he's been pretty good. Right. Yeah. And so Jair has been banged up. Darnell Savage is now banged up. You know, the other safety spot seems to be a black hole. Rudy Rudy Ford has had some some run there. But I think Rasul Douglas has really played well this year. He stepped up as a leader. And so a guy that has two more years left on his contract so we can save $6 million on the cap next year? What are we doing? Like, the defense is already bad enough. We've already complained about how... The defense, you know, needs to hold opponents to even fewer points than they are because the offense can't fucking score. So we're going to give up our best cover corner and we're going to throw in Carrington Valentine or Eric Valentine, like <laughs> to go cover Jordan Allison the next time we play Minnesota. That doesn't make me feel any better. Like 
and if we're if we're just gonna give up Russell Douglas to go tank, well then go all in. Just go tank, you know, everybody that doesn't have value in trying to rebuild this team back. I think Rashawn Gary does, but there are plenty of other veterans that I don't think do. I think in response to just the, the video or the clip that you kind of played, I think I agree the personnel people do have to be in a vacuum. I think that that is a fair point to make, that they have to make that decision in a vacuum without emotion. But what I think that means is I think that means your how you feel about the player, right? Like the emotion that he brings to the team is important, right? Like that passion and emotion is obviously important. And I think that defense, you need emotion, you need passion, you need somebody to get up and get the team going. And like, it's like literally like, I know he was, I know he was maybe a little bit annoying at times, but like Mike Daniels, right? Like <laughs> yes. on the defensive line, like he was like one of the few guys that gave a I shit <clears throat> on that front seven for a while. And like, yeah, you love that fire and that energy. And like Razul, you need leaders, right? He was the vocal leader on the back end of that defense. Right. And it's like maybe the whole defense. I don't know who are the other vocal leaders. It's just like, it hurts the team, I feel like, to let him walk away. It can hurt development of players to see a leader walk away. You look back at like defenses that had good secondaries led by Charles Woodson, led by other guys that were vocal leaders, professionals, like guys who went about their business. I don't know how much film he watches, but he's clearly a leader. It hurts to lose leaders, especially when you have young guys on the team. The offense needs more leaders. It doesn't have any. It's sloppy. It's gross. I think that leaders affect that. I think big dog has an effect on young guys. I think, you know, and it doesn't necessarily change the points on the board today, but it can change the points on the board down the road. Devonte Adams comes in. Guys were on the record talking about how he didn't know how to study. He didn't know how to take it seriously. I think it was Jordy that even mentioned at yep. one point, he's like, we had to get him in there and teach him how to work. Right. And look what Devante turned into. Now, maybe he still would have turned into the great player. He's, he's great. Right. But I, I think you got these kids coming out of college and it's like, they're not, they're not who they're going to be. They're developing, right? Like, it's not just, oh, yeah, these guys can come out here and play. Like, And if the coaching staff isn't do it, doing it, the leaders in the locker room have to do it. They have to show these guys how to be professionals and how to prepare for games. And I don't know. There's a lot that goes into it. And I just hope going forward, like that's something that they're thinking about in the front office. Like, It's not just X's and O's. It's not just contract numbers. It's also... What are these guys providing that it's intangible that you can't physically measure, right? Like that matters too. It's a it's an emotion sport. That's the other thing too, Todd, that we haven't talked about is it's not like we're trading away this veteran player and there's some young guy that's shown flashes this year that's ready to take over. Right. Like Eric Stokes has been hurt all year. The one game that he comes back and is active for, he gets scratched before the game. Like who knows when he's going to he, come He played back. four snaps on special teams and now he's on IR. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay, slight, slightly better than I gave him credit for. My apologies, Eric Stokes. My point being, you know, we were all high on Carrington Valentine in the preseason. I most certainly was. There's obviously a reason why he has not played any meaningful defensive snaps so far this year. Eric Valentine has only played in, you know, when somebody's gotten dinged or, you know, in mop-up duty. Like, who are we expecting to take over opposite Jair right now? And Jair, as we've established, is not healthy either. So the 
this move to trade him away with no real heir apparent is even more head scratching. It's once again one of those things where I brought it up at the beginning of the year, and I've said I w- I still wonder if Goody is setting Matt Lafleur up to fail so that he can get a different head coach in there. And something else that pisses me off so fucking much is the the Green Bay Packers are obviously not very good right now. And the first time that Goody could be a seller at the deadline, he sells off Razul Douglas. Uh, we we uh, traded away HaHa Clinton Dix back in the day. That was his first year, I believe, as G. Yeah, it was his first year as GM, so that doesn't really count in my book. But you look back to when we were competing for a Super Bowl, and I know it's dumb for fans to get upset about not making moves at the trade deadline. But you look at that fuck that 2020 NFC Championship game with Kevin King not healthy, not playing well. That week, we fucking or earlier, we signed Tremont Williams off the Ravens practice squad. Could you imagine if we were in a Super Bowl run like the Bills are right now and we traded a fucking the value of a fourth round pick to get a guy as good as Razul Douglas to implement into your secondary? And that's just something Goody was unwilling to do. And I hate seeing fucking people online saying, oh, well, teams actively would not want to trade with the Packers because they had Aaron Rodgers and they'd rather trade with shittier teams like Chase Claypool and Darren Waller and whoever else. And I'm like, well, fucking pay up. The The fact that, that fans still argue points that have been proven to be wrong now now that we're here today. Like oh, we couldn't, we couldn't have. Well, you should have paid up because what we did was clearly not good enough. And it just, I obviously get a little heated about the stupid shit, you know? Yeah, calm yeah, down. You know? No, you, I mean, you're exactly right. Like, the, no team is saying, oh, I'm not going to trade it to, I'm not going to trade so-and-so to Kansas City because they have Patrick Mahomes. I can't trade this guy to the Bills because they have Josh Allen. I can't trade this guy to Green Bay because they have Aaron Rodgers. The only thing would be the pick would be less valuable. They're trading it to the best value pick. If I'm getting a third-round pick from Green Bay and a fourth-round pick from the fucking Texans, I'm taking the third-round pick from Green Bay because – even when Green Bay was good and te- the Texans were shitty, that Green Bay pick was ten picks better. Well, but now our our picks are so much more valuable exactly. now, it, right? So you have to look. And at And I that also way. hated that argument from the guy on Twitter, uh, a prominent I don't know, Turd Ferguson or whatever. I believe he's the one who said it. Uh, did we nope. forget that the not like it was a big deal, but that the fucking Chiefs traded for Kadarius Tony at the trade line last year? How how were they able to pull that shit when? No one wants to give Patrick Mahomes weapons, but anyways, we talked we talked a good chunk there on uh, Goody and how inept he can be at times. So let's move on to someone even more inept. Mark Murphy. Mark Murphy and communication with the franchise. I know people really just don't like it when... Well, I, I have no idea if they like it or not, but it's something that obviously I've been very concerned about with the way this franchise has been run since... Mark Murphy changed the power structure in 2018. So Mark Murphy and communication. That's what I'm concerned about with him. Here is, let's start things off. This is a clip from Mark Murphy back in 2018 during Brian Gutekunst's introductory press conference. And what this process showed me that within football, uh, we have silos. And and what this process showed me that within football, uh, we have silos. And uh, we've had some breakdowns in communication. Uh, and one of the things that, uh, that I 
really uh, tr tried to do as I looked at it, you know, what would be the best way to improve communication, improve collaboration uh, among people within our football operations, and, and, and how do you knock down those silos? So this, this search process really identified some of those issues for me. So again, that's 2018, looking for the new GM. Going into the search, he said the new GM would have the same power as Ted Thompson did. He went back on that, obviously changed it. We talked about this during the bi-week bonanza, how the actual reason he did that was to keep his buddy Russ Ball around. Um, so again, that was in 2018. Now this is from, uh, this is from today. This is Adam Schefter uh, talking to Jen Gaben Chewy, I think, on ESPN Milwaukee, Madison, whatever the fuck it is. Mark Murphy has to retire in July of 2025 because they have an age limitation on that role, so somebody else will take over. That kind of seems like it complicates things in terms of the Packers in making some of these decisions. If they wanted to be aggressive the way that the Raiders were just aggressive in letting go of their GM and head coach and kind of hitting that reboot, but this guy's only got two years left. Is, is, do you, in, that, in your mind, does that kind of complicate what the next two years the Green Bay Packers looks like? Maybe a little bit. You know, to me, they've they've always run kind of independent there, right? Like the front office does its thing and the coaching staff does its thing. And it feels like it's church and state. And it does feel to me, my perception from afar is that it, they do feel like a little bit separate. Whereas uh, it does feel like there's in some places a bit more connectivity in some of those decisions, right? Like in San Francisco, you brought up like I think Kyle Shanahan is a driving force you know, in, in many of the decisions with John. And, and I think in Green Bay sometimes, you know, Goody probably does what he wants to do or Mark Murphy's going to do what he wants to do. And and Matt's job is to coach the team. That's his job. And and I don't know that the jobs, from my perception and my opinion, mix as much uh, as some other places. But what they've done has worked awfully well for them over time. So who am I to argue? I love the little bit how he says that then it's worked for them. It's like, yeah, it worked when you had... Aaron Hall of Fame yeah, quarterback uh, and you didn't have to worry about big big decisions but it's funny so he says Adam Schefter that there says it's his opinion but this is obviously the guy who covered the big summer with Aaron Rodgers of discontent all of that and he knows stuff and we've been talking about a lot because you always hear things from different insiders saying little things about the disconnect and you can just see the way the team's being run that there's a disconnect there but the way Schefter describes it as church and state for how separate these guys are. And Mark Murphy, again, claimed he did it to better communication. This is why I'm so upset with the team. Why I don't even... Jordan Love is so far down the list of my concerns because what the fuck is going on within this franchise? I did like... Uh, Goody did say today in his presser that him and talk... Him and talk. Him and Matt talk every day that's good because the structure is so fucked, I don't even know if they do or if they'd want to. But the fact that Schefter says Goody does his thing and it's not a collaborative effort. And then Schefter immediately talks about how the Niners do that type of shit. It's just ridiculous. And then I even think, you know, and this is a whole different thing. But this two-year rebuild that people keep saying, we got to give them two years to rebuild. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They gave Carson Wentz. They made him the second highest paid quarterback in the league in 2019. No rebuild. No rebuild. They stumbled onto Jalen Hurts. We won't talk about how he was available when we drafted Jordan Love. And then you look at the 49ers where they hemorrhaged their future with draft picks to get Trey Lance, 
who they knew was not good enough. But, you know, they made the right move, found fucking Brock Purdy, started him, and there was no two-year rebuild. And it doesn't seem like there's a cohesive idea or, you know, plan going on between the head coach and the general manager. And it's Mark Murphy's, you know, it was his doing. I fucking hate him. We talk about a lot. But that clip there and getting it from Adam Schefter, who I I don't like Schefter either, but he does know a lot of shit. And the fact that he just said that and didn't even care, like it's just common knowledge for people, is so upsetting to me. So are are you guys upset by this too, or am I just fucking crazy? I'm not as upset as you are, but I also just you're a mentally stable person. I mean. I don't yeah, I don't I don't know enough about what's going on in the front office. I mean, not that anybody really does, but I guess I don't know. It's it's obviously concerning. I think what's going on in the front office when you talk about like if some of these things are true with like Gudikuns like sabotaging, that's obviously a horrible thing to think about if he's sabotaging the floor. It'll be interesting to see where things go in the future. I think that point that they made in the clip too of like what does the next 2 years look like? As Mark Murphy's kind of making his way out the door and what's going to happen. I think that's a really interesting scared, idea, too. Scared of like shitless that he wants another legacy and like, move. And he's grooming, obviously, someone for that position, you would think. So, right? Ed, I mean, you've talked about that Ed in the policy past, too. seems to be lined up to be the guy. But something else, and I'm sorry for interrupting, but Rob Domofsky brought this up yesterday. He floated the idea that uh, John Schneider, the GM of the Seahawks, a Wisconsin native you know, cut his teeth in Green Bay under Ron Wolf, And Rob said that he would be interested to be the president of the Green Bay Packers. Now, I want to restructure it so that the GM is once again in charge of football operations and, you know, the draft, the roster, all that shit. But if you're not going to do that, I think Schneider would be the perfect replacement. Because not only does he know football shit and he can put Goody or whoever in their place, but I think he would restore, and I don't want to say restore like it's shitty now, but make the Green Bay Packers the Green Bay Packers again. Mark Murphy, I fucking hate him. I keep saying this, but he doesn't care about the Green Bay mystique, He and he references it all the time. Maybe not all the time. He doesn't talk uh, that much. Well, I don't like him when he talks anyways, but he's trying to make the Packers like every other NFL team. His biggest goal since being the president was getting the draft to Green Bay. Now, that's great for the economy and everything, but it's like a checklist that all these premier franchises are trying to do. And he's just try- he's just trying to build up Lambeau. You know, he talked about like this preseason to make the game day experience better for fans at Lambeau while also cutting the live stream of the training camp practice and family night because he doesn't give a shit about you if you're not bringing in money for the Green Bay Packers. Wildy said this, and I even have this on my phone somewhere. Wildy said on the record, he was talking to Mark Murphy and he asked about the raise in ticket prices. And Mark Murphy said to him, yeah, well, fans are going to complain. That's what fans do. That's what he said on on the <laughs> fucking record. That's what this guy said, and he's the president of the Green Bay Packers. So that's why I fucking hate this guy. He's trying to make the Packers a corporate NFL whatever entity. He doesn't give a shit about the mystique, about Lambeau Field, and he wants to be the guy, the fucking puppet master with all these guys moving it around. But, oh, communication, communication. 
sorry, I went, I got, I got heated there once again. I'm, I'm very mad this week. Uh, Todd, Billy, I forgot who was going to talk. Billy. <laughs> here's, here's my concern. <laughs> very, is... very soft compared to me. Okay. Well, I, I'm just trying to speak in a very measured and even tone Unlike here. Unlike me. Yeah, I'm trying. So the Packers obviously are a unique structure within the NFL and professional sports. Because, you know, we always shit on, say, the Cowboys during draft time. Because, oh, Jerry Jones went and got his guy at... 15 overall and gave away the next six years of first round picks or whatever it is. I exaggerate, you know, Oh, thank God. We never need to worry about that with Mark Murphy, but now we're in a situation where there are significant questions about our head coach. There are significant questions about our GM and we don't have an owner a la Jerry Jones or whoever that would pull the plug right now and say, we're, you know, we're done. The Raiders just did this this week. And I don't think any Raiders fan would disagree with you that they made the right move. But my concern is Mark Murphy is going to look at this as, oh, well, I toddle off to retirement in two years, so we'll just hold on. You know, we've got so-and-so Ed Policy or Russ Ball or whoever the fuck is going to take over for Mark Murphy that's been born and raised in the Packer way and blah, 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 and all this other rah-rah bullshit. And then he's going to come in and he's going to do the exact same shit. Like, maybe he'll make the decision. I'll let him make the decision to fire Matt LaFleur. And he'll he'll promote, I don't know, Joe Barry, for God's sake. And, oh, we're going to fire Brian Gutekunst and we're going to promote you know, whoever the fuck our West Coast scout is that found, I don't know, Quay Walker, oh. even though he's from Georgia. But, you know, it, that's my point. Like, that's that's my fear is that everything is going to continue to be the, the good old boys club within the Green Bay Packers. That's why I feel like Snyder would be a home run because he was been he has been in the organization. He understands how it works with the the unique structure that I talked about earlier, but he's also been elsewhere and isn't afraid to do his own thing. Yes. And I, I do wonder too, if Elliot Wolf would have been hired on to be the Packers GM, if his last name wasn't Wolf. Cause I think part of it was that Mark Murphy wanted to pick his own guy as well. And Brian Gutekunst, fun fact, his last name is not Wolf. So it, you're not just, picking one of those guys too but Elliot Wolf too you know we talked about Goody and the whole human element of putting together a roster Wildy talked about in the past how Elliot Wolf was not a staple in the locker room but he talked to the guys and he was close to Rogers and I wonder what kind of conversations went on in those interviews for how they what they wanted to do with the team because maybe Goody said he's got to find the next quarterback and maybe Elliot Wolf said I want to build around Rogers and that makes a lot of sense, too, especially with it's not even a rumor. It's a proven fact that the Packers were they were telling within the organization to get ready for Drew Locke. They were going to take Drew Locke in the second round if he wasn't scooped up by the Broncos. Like he was actively just trying to find a quarterback instead of trying to build. He wanted to build his Super Bowl team, not the one that he already had in building around Aaron Rodgers. And we've seen that Drew Locke has not turned out, and now it looks like Jordan Love has not turned and out. TBD. And as you referenced earlier, 
four years in a row of, I mean, just piss poor drafts from Goody. Like that is what has gutted this team. Yeah, that's the thing. You look at like the next two free agency periods that we have. There's like no one we really need to re-sign at this point. The one guy, it's like Aaron Jones, maybe. There's right, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, but the next guy is almost Kenny Clark, and he was a Ted Thompson pick. You know, it's yeah, that's right. And he's gonna be thirty when that comes up. I mean, he's he's still remarkably mm-hmm. young for as long yep. as he's been on the team, but. When his next contract comes up, he's going to be, what, 30? And, I mean, there's zero chance we re-sign him at that yeah, point. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But it's just, it's once again why I'm very afraid of what the future is for this team with Mark Murphy being the puppet master, Matt not holding guys accountable, and Goody just doing whatever the fuck he wants with his little Madden fantasy football team, and he doesn't care what the actual ramifications are within the locker room. Um, but uh, with that... God, that was just great in the weeds, Packer Talk. Yeah, Todd, Todd, do you have anything else? Looks like you want to say something. Uplifting. Yeah. No, I don't have anything <laughs> yeah. else. Very uplifting. Yeah, what is it, week eight? We're going into week nine here. So with with that, is Kyle an idiot? I'm not an idiot. Okay. You sure? Yes. All right. Is Kyle an idiot for the week? Uh, you guys are probably a little bit above 500 todd last week you were bad last week was mm-hmm. rough it was a rough yeah, week Bill, what what what'd you do todd you know it's it was a bye week i he think was, yeah was he was over three he didn't have charles johnson it was our yeah, bye week so, anyways we'll see okay billy and todd your three trivia questions for the weeks they are all rams related <sighs> kurt warner what corner for the Ooh. Packers had five passes defended in the Packers Rams game in 2018? Sam Shields. 2018. Sure. Yeah. Wrong. God, you know what? Sam Shields. God, you guys should have thought a little bit more. Sam Shields. This is, I should have. Can I guess again? Quentin Rollins. Oof, duh. Okay. Well, double, double <laughs> wrong. So this. Maybe I should have said this was in uh, Los Angeles or whatever. It was the Rams home game. Sam Shields might have actually been playing for the Rams at that point when he came back and played for the one or two years when uh, the Packers wouldn't let him play with his That's right, after he had that head injury. So this was Jair Alexander. This was the one game, his rookie year. Wait, 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 hold hold on. 2018. Five Five passes defended. Oh, for the Packers, though. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant for the Rams. That's why I said Sam Shields. Oh. <laughs> okay. Mulligan. Well, at least you don't sound as, you know, wrong there. But yes, it was Jair Alexander. That was the light clicking on moment for me watching Jair. Where it was like, shit, this guy is probably going to be pretty good. So oh, sorry. Sorry about that. But over one. All right. Next one. With Justin Holland's gone. Who is the only player on the Packers who played for the Rams? Only player on the Packer that played for the Rams. I'll give you a clue. It is this year. It's his first year playing for the Packers. I I don't think he's a great player, but I will say he is special. Oh, a special teams player. Okay, it's, hang on. Uh, it's uh, Anthony Johnson Jr. Wait, no, 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 I mean Jonathan no. Owens. Didn't he play for the long? Who's the long snapper? 
Very good. You got it. Yes, it is uh, Matt Orzich. The, he won a Super Bowl with the Rams. I would have also accepted Robert Rochelle, who we signed two weeks ago. Corner. He also played for the Rams, but he's I hardly even know his name, and I'm pretty up to date sure. with 53, not to break. But uh, yes, one and one for the week. The last one. What Rams player did the Packers trade for in 2021? for who did we trade for in 2021 sneaky this is a sneaky question who was it 2021 was the uh Irvin Tyler Irvin oh is that your guess did we trade for him did we no anytime I I ask if that's your guess it's a pretty good hint that you're wrong yeah I have no idea (laughs) this you know, this player wasn't very good, but I'll say this about him. He was special. Another special teams player. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wait. Uh, didn't we trade for a corner in 2021, Billy? Please use my clue correctly. Special, special teams. Well, it's a special teams Five, player. but Four. Punter. Three. I don't know. Two. Oh, one. Snapper. One. Yeah, long I, I don't Todd, know. you were right. It was a punter. Corey Bajorquez. We traded for him. Oh, It was yeah. actually a seventh-round pick that we gave. Bajork the dork. Yeah. <laughs> I like boho bombs, personally. But, uh, oh, well, I just he was, made that He was really so. good in uh, the summer or when it was warm out, and then he was not good in, obviously, um, holding. He was a terrible, terrible oh, holder. and it gets cold at in Wisconsin. In yes, Lambeau. sadly. Typically. Yes. By the way, uh, fact check. Sam Shields did play for the Rams in that 2018 game. Okay. He had one tackle and also, strangely enough, one catch for 12 yards. What? What? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's a that's a very that. good question. I, All right. I don't what either. I feel like that would have been something we would have remembered. What is my stump spenny question, Billy? Well, so actually, I have two for you because Todd was an idiot last week and didn't know how to check well, his email. Okay. You did not send it to me. I definitely sent you two emails with both my stump spenny question as well as my bold prediction and my score prediction. But at any rate. Secret email. Just just pick one. We're already running along in, in trenners in the uh, <laughs> in the waiting room right now. We're, we're going to do both. So <laughs> okay. the last time... The Packers, or sorry, in 2006, the Green Bay Packers traded for a former, or signed a former Vikings wide receiver off of the street at the urging of Brett Favre. What was that wide receiver's name? Sorry, can you repeat that from where? In 2006, the Packers signed a former Vikings wide receiver off of the street at the urging Corin of Robin- Brett Favre. Corin Robinson. That is yes. correct. Very cool. I'm so smart. Now the now the Rams won. A Ted Thompson pick. A Ted Thompson pick, too, I believe. That's one of the reasons why Ted actually picked him up. In, in yep. Seattle. The last time the Packers lost to the Rams at home was 2006. Which Packer rushed for over 100 yards in that game? 2006. Yes. This is a throwback to the stump... Or the uh, is Kyle an idiot? One of the is Kyle an idiot questions from a couple weeks ago. I mean, I do. I I know Sam Congato was traded to the Rams, 
But 2005 is when he was really good for us. I don't know if he moved on from him then. He he rushed for 100 yards for the Packers, I should okay. clarify. I mean, the only other guys other than would be like Deshaun Wynn and Vernon Morrissey and Amon Green or Najee Davenport. Um, you're, you're in the ballpark. Have I said the name? You have not. Can I guess? Yes. P.J. Pope? I do not know how who did that I, is, but you did are I not say correct. Deshaun Wynn? You did, and that is not correct. Yeah, okay. I, I'm going to God, and it's not like Tony Fisher. Oh, wait. No. Bedpost. It wasn't yes. it was Noah Heron? No Noah Heron. God, I never thought he actually got that type of play during the regular season. That's, <laughs> That's funny. Why okay. it's a stump spunny question. Damn. Okay. That's a very that was a very good question. All right. All right, with that, moving on to the preview of the Rams game. Wow, Andrew, thank you for joining us. Andrew has now joined us from his car after pickleball. I'm sure everyone was just waiting to hear his voice again. Did we ask how it went. I, Is it appropriate? Uh, oh yeah, it went great. So there's 36 players in this league and I'm like there's five people per court and I'm like in that fifth person to sixth person range. You know what I'm saying? Like in the top but like I'm the worst person at the top court always, or the best person at the second or court. You, so you kick ass, big fish, small pond, or small Attaboy. fish. Yeah, exactly. So it's I'm working my way. To, I'm trying to obviously you know work my way to be in the middle of that top court, but it's going to take time and hard work, you know, and dedication. Yeah. So yeah, the Packers is going to take a little time. Some and hard cool. work they don't have some self scouting maybe to, oh, yeah. in, in between the games. Oh yeah, watching and, weaknesses yeah. for the players up there, taking advantage, there getting my dink game okay. on. Okay. Anyways, all right. Rams preview. The <laughs> Packers are playing the Rams at noon on Fox, and it is not being played in Northern Wisconsin and in Minnesota, unfortunately. Hey, I don't know how often we've said this before. Adam Admin, Admin, and then Daryl Johnson, Pam Al- Oliver on the call sneaky one of the better like i like them more than jonathan vilma's crew um i mean that doesn't take much no yeah but but i feel like fox like ranks them higher for whatever reason i like yeah i like daryl johnson and i can't remember the last time i do too he used to be he used to be the number one crew yeah that's right yeah way back in the day and like pam oliver too she keeps getting like pushed aside she was on the lead crew back in the day and now yeah i like Pam. she's i think she's kind of fallen off in recent she, years there's but. a weird thing with her when it's cold out her teeth get stuck to her mouth it's watch is that what it is that's a unique I'm observation sure that's that you that like a common thing or is that just something you've noticed specifically like have you heard that elsewhere i've never heard anybody else me, say that but whatever i mean it it might be a thing because there are games where it sounds like she's like drunk yes or something. exactly exactly uh maybe whiskey warms the soul it it does can confirm yes. anyway okay so the packers are one point favorite this is actually the first time they've been favored all year i remember going into either the 2020 or 2021 season at that time the packers going into the season were favored in every single game before the games had actually happened they were favored in every single game this year this is the first time we've been favored over under is 44 and a half rams are three and five and a pretty middling team they just lost to the cowboys 43 to 20 Matt Stafford obviously got hurt on offense. They're 14th in points scored, 9th in yards per game, 17th in or 15th in yards per carry, and 9th in yards per pass. Like I said, Stafford got hurt, so we'll see who's starting there. I think there's a couple options. I know they just signed a guy to their practice squad too. Um, but 
Running the ball, Royce Freeman was their leading rusher last week, getting 4.9 yards a carry. But Daryl Henderson is again on the 53-man roster, and he had 54 yards receiving last week after getting one signed to their practice squad and two moved up. Puka, the rookie, has been outstanding. The, what, fourth or fifth round draft pick, pretty pretty stellar for them. And Cooper Cup is back kissing, catching passes again. On defense, they're 21st in points, 17th in yards per game, 17th in yards per rush, and 20th in yards per pass. All overall, they're just like right in that middle tier for just about everything on offense and defense. Uh, They still have Aaron Donald, obviously, on defense, but they're 28th in sacks this year. They're also 28th in forced turnovers, so not a very good defense or disruptive defense. But yeah, that's it. At Lambeau, noon game. Packers, I don't know how to feel about them. Still pretty negative. The Rams, uh, I don't know. They're kind of a weird team, too. They won the Super Bowl two years ago last year. They were kind of dog shit with Baker Mayfield. Now it's like, let's see what happens when we have Stafford still, you know, hanging on by, you know, a couple loose threads. But uh, thoughts on this game, Todd? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a game. True. It's nice to see that we're favored. It could, I don't even want to say it, could be. A bounce back game. I don't know how far. How many bounce back back games do we need? Get in a row. (laughs) We We just need one. I just want one bounce back game. We have bounce back games that we think are going to be bounce back games, and we don't bounce. So I don't know. Could could be a win. I don't feel super great about it, but I I mean, don't feel great about anything at this point. There's a lot of question marks, more questions than answers every week that goes by. So so yeah, I don't know, Billy. The Rams haven't beaten us at Lambeau since 2006, so we have that going for us, which is nice. Mark Bolger. Um, I would feel a lot worse about this game if Matthew Stafford was going to play, but it looks like he's going to miss the game. So it gives me some hope, but I don't know. Just, you know, we, we tried to have, I certainly had optimism for that Broncos game, and the Packers proved me wrong, so I. I just struggle to see how I'm supposed to have any optimism about Sunday's game. That's fair. Andrew, do you have anything uh, to say to enlighten us? I mean, not enlightening, but <laughs> I would just add that to Billy's point, um, when the Rams have lost to us at Lambeau since 2006, we have had competency behind center mm. and an overall organization that seems to know what they're doing. And, and now we do not have that. So I am not confident going into this game at all. Cool. All right. That was enlightening. We got embarrassed by Russell Wilson and Broncos country. So. All right. Yes. Yeah. That was two weeks ago. Yes. That, that is very but true. Still embarrassing. And I'm not happy. Okay. Well, you, you just fit right in with the rest of us. Well, predictions. Wonderful. I have the Packers. <sighs> I feel, I hate this. I, I have them winning 21 to 17, but the lack of confidence I have saying those numbers hurts my soul. Todd, what is your score prediction? I have them winning 17 to 14. <laughs> That's, that sounds so right for how shitty does these that, are. Does that tell you how I feel yeah. about this? Ugh. I don't even know if I feel like they're going to win, but I just feel like... the the. The real to. prediction should be how many first half points does our team score? Oh, if four, zero, two safeties. It's all of our points in my head are scored in the last <laughs> 10 minutes. 
we we don't have a good enough defense to get two safeties in a season Not anymore. For God's sake. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Rashawn Gary, I could see him. The front seven was okay last week. I don't know. Billy, what what's your prediction? What did you say the over under was? Forty four or something? Uh it was more than last week. Uh forty four and a half. It feels like we're all gonna be way under this. Um I'm gonna say the Rams win seventeen to thirteen. Yeah. Hammer those unders. Andrew, B2B data guy? If you listen yeah, to us. 13, 27. We're Ooh. losing. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Boy. And and still under the over-under. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we could single-handedly make it an under. <sighs> I, yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I don't. Well, my bold prediction, if, if we're ready for those, I can sure. go right go in. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to go a season-long one here. I, I don't think the Packers score more than two offensive touchdowns in one game for the remainder of the season can we okay i feel like we need to like put a bet or something on i'm, I'm trying like to find some i mean obviously it's like it's a it's a bold right it's not like an easy yeah. prediction it's very 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 out there and bold i just i will I will 100% take that bet. Yeah, I think I, we score at least two touchdowns in a game. I'm not going to say which one, though. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll just we'll just go back around the other way. Billy, what's your bold prediction? Uh, so can I say that yes. we score a first half touchdown? Ugh. We have we have. When's the last time no, we did that? Our total off, our total mm, offensive week, points this season are 13. That's not the season week, we played the Bears. I'm was it week sure two against Atlanta? We scored Andrew, Andrew. Whenever we go head to head on these on these stats, you okay. are always wrong. I we, I, I do believe the first half points is averaging four or less. Yes, but it I, was literally a stat last week. It was thirteen. We moved it from average. three to four point five last week. Yes, but, but we got I, a touchdown. But I know the, we the, scored the a last... first half touchdown against the Bears. We did, and we also scored a first half touchdown against Atlanta. But my point being. Five consecutive <laughs> games without a first half touchdown, guys. Is not I'm just good. saying. But if if that's not bold enough, then I you will. You could go. say ten points. That's bold. I'll I'll yes, I will say ten or more points in the first half. Thank you, Todd. We're a second half team, right? I mean, ten, mm-hmm. that's a good start. Allegedly, if we started out with ten points. That's pretty big. <clears throat> you took mine, so I'm gonna go and I'm gonna say. Who, who do we th- we think Carrington Valentine is getting the start here? Then he has or... to. He's an able body human. So I'm gonna say Carrington Valentine five passes defense. Ooh, wow! Shout out uh, Jair. Jair. I have not a similar That'd one, fun, but right? just because guys are going to be or be forced to play, I say we have a combined two interceptions between Valentine and Valentine with the Rams. A shitty oh. quarterback, some young rookies playing at the in the secondary with Razul now being in Buffalo, New York. That is my bold prediction. So there we go. Wow. What what an excellent episode, guys. You know, if you like this, give us a big old five stars, hit that subscribe button, just fucking pound it. Maybe leave us a review, say how great yeah. we are. Maybe tell a friend, but tell an enemy. I don't care. Tell tell a police officer. Tell a uh, a, a non-police officer, anything. Just tell people about the podcast. Andrew, are you happy to be back for all 10 minutes I'm, that was? I'm pumped. I'm, you know, it was well worth the struggles getting in. All right. Excellent. And 
you know, I I don't have anything else. You guys have anything else? Not Andrew? Nope. Not, wasn't talking to you. Go back, go. No. All right. Well, with that, Eric Hoskinen, please don't sue us. Anywhere I quit my job. Yeah. It just won't pay. I worked all year. I worked all month. Then they took my money. So I tweeted this out. This is from Goody's introductory presser um, in 2018. Yeah, I think I have a responsibility uh, not only to the, the team, you know, and this organization, but, you know, to the Packer fans alike. You know, I think a lot of times when when there wasn't communication, uh, there was perception that would. And I think, you know, if we can communicate clearly, I think that'll take care of some of that. And then this was Goody today. Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not big on messaging to the fans. <laughs> <laughs> so Goody, or Goody, Nagler uh, quote, uh, quote tweeted me pretty quick, too. It was funny. And he said, good rep at PMP pod. And then he has the thread emoji. <laughs> that is hilarious. Atta boy, Spencer. Well, then, I mean, we're still... Just be like, I don't give a shit about the fans. <laughs>